Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday Q&A. I'm Eric Griffin, president of ITM Trading. With me, I have Lynette Zhang, our chief market analyst. For those of you who don't know or are tuning in for the first time, submit your questions to questions at itmtrading.com, and we will take them. We'll put them up here on the screen. We ask them live so you get a true organic response. And we did. I did something. I, I picked this particular question um, <clears throat> And it's, we haven't done this before, but it's a four-parter. But I thought these questions were all really good that we get, and they kind of flow together. So, and I, okay. and I think it'll help people understand the concept as a whole good. versus just a little chunk here and there. So, um, Frank L. asks, so I'm going to ask each one individually, but they'll, they'll all roll together. Okay? Perfect. So say I have, you'll like this one too, this part here. So say I have food, water, shelter, precious metals, security, et cetera, and now I'm Lynette ready. <laughs> okay. And then boom, there's the reset. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, I wait for the price of gold to shoot up. And let's say I sell 50% of my physical gold to buy now cheap assets, say like Tesla stock that temporarily took a price beating from the reset. Is that a correct way of thinking about it? Um, so the gold well, goes kind up, of, reset kind happens. Kind of. I don't know that I'd put a, an exact percentage on it because it depends and what we're in. It, it, it's probably not going to be boom, boom. But, but yes, because right now Tesla is severely overvalued. Gold is severely undervalued. When that swaps, then yes, you take some of your gains and then convert it into Tesla or something else. Yeah. Any mm -hmm. of the undervalued assets. Correct. At that time, right? Correct. Okay. So then what if I just hold on to the gold instead? Mm -hmm. I guess it means that I live relatively comfortably throughout the reset, but in mm -hmm. the end, it'll only be, I'll only be slightly ahead from where I started before the reset. Is that so? And why is that? Well, you know, I mean, frankly, Initially, part of my strategy was to sell off a lot of the gold once we went into the new currency. And you wouldn't be relatively slightly ahead from where you started because you have the gold that holds all of your purchasing power as the rest of all of the other assets implode. So you'd actually be even sitting on that gold. You would be a whole lot more wealthy and then able to convert it as you needed it because the shenanigans that central banks and governments will do with currencies, it's not going to be over just because they reset the currency. So, um, yeah, you would not be only slightly ahead. You would be so far ahead, but it isn't just the gold. It, if you go back to that top part, it is having that gold to then convert into uh, other undervalued assets. Right. And that income key is production. The timing, right? Correct. The timing on selling the gold at the right time and buying the undervalued assets that are coming into that cup formation. Right. That we're, <clears throat> we want we want to see that the cup formation is developing before we make that transition, but you'll be able to see it. Okay. You'll be able to see it. All right. So then after the reset, what mm -hmm. happens to my pre-reset cash at home? Is it still worth something? If not, in your opinion, should I own more gold than disposable cash for the reason for that reason before the reset happens? Well, you want to. There's a certain level of cash 
that you need to use as your first line of defense. And that's really based upon your current lifestyle. So our consultants can really help you determine what that should actually be. Uh, beyond that, no, because you know the cash is going to be worth absolutely zero. And it's not far from that now, but it's still most recognized. So there is, um, yeah, if you've got your pre-reset cash at home, you know that's going to zero, but it is your first line of defense because it's going to be more recognizable initially until people grasp the hyperinflation. Then it doesn't matter and you can use it as, I don't know, toilet paper or mm -hmm. something else. Napkin for an empanada. A napkin for mm -hmm. an empanada. Yep. Okay. So then life returns to normal. Normal. Right. The plan is to resume accumulating gold for the next financial cycle for the grandchildren and the grand or um, the children and the grandchildren's well-being. Is that right? Am I missing well, anything? Should, he asks. Yeah, I mean, you. The foundation of every portfolio always needs to be good money, right? And it's really going to depend on, you know, again, what your personal goals are. You have it for your offspring and their offspring. So there is like, um, I personally, as you well know, I like that legacy gold because that is the kind of gold that you just pass down from generation to generation to generation. But the, uh, the, the, um, well, still I'm having a little brain thing. It's the generation dynastic wealth. Thank you. So the dynastic wealth stool, I knew it was in there somewhere, um, but the dynastic wealth stool actually has three legs. It has uh, rare collectibles, really, truly rare collectibles. Um, it has real estate and it has gold. You could do all three with it, but you do need to be diversified. Is it the time to do that right now? Probably not because those other things are really overvalued. But ultimately, you want to have a portfolio. Like for me, I want, to, I want to ensure that I have income for the rest of my life and that my family, when I'm not here anymore, has that foundation of income and wealth. So it isn't just one thing. It's a variety of things. It's that the gold will put you in a position to accumulate those other dynastic wealth assets for your offspring and your offspring's offspring when those, you know, the, when those are severely undervalued, which they're not right now. I think what he's asking, though, more specifically is after the reset happens. Correct. Then everything has gone back to what would we, we would consider normal. A, so it's on the other normal. side of the cycle, right? Right. And we're is at the very then beginning. the plan to resume accumulating gold again Right, you accumulated it before the reset, then you sold some of it off, bought the assets, some of it, but the key is some of it, right? So if you have excess, look, as long as the asset is undervalued, you want a strong foundation and real money in your portfolio. So do you want to re regardless, always absolutely. Have it in there. Yes, okay. absolutely. So it just kind of it just kind of um, depends, but yes, you're always going to need that. So you can resume accumulating when that then becomes a more stable, or it's not going to be undervalued right away. 
because remember, they have to put a component of gold into the new currency to generate confidence in that currency and to get the population to use it again. Okay, so presuming legally we're allowed to accumulate or that you accumulate it in the way that I've accumulated or that my uncle accumulated it when it was illegal to buy it in any other way, sure, because that's always money and it's your foundation. But you also have a need for income or you always have to have an, some income. And it just, it kind of depends on what your personal goals are. I know what mine are, right? And that's what I'm executing. But that's the whole point of the strategy. So everybody's is basically the same, but then it's tweaked based on the goals, the circumstances, what you have to work with, et cetera, et cetera. It would seem like pre in this in but the yeah. in the phase of where we are now, that you would need a, a higher percentage of gold and silver in your portfolio percent oh, than after the reset. Right, you would then it would seem like you would need a lower percentage of right. your overall portfolio in that particular. That's category. thank you. Yes, because we're going to see just like the Tesla was brought up in the beginning. What we don't know at this point is who really are zombie companies and who will have the ability to weather this storm. Not all companies are going to go bankrupt, but those that have accumulated unpayable debts. They're very likely to go away in this in this coming route. So we need to see who's going to survive it, and then you diversify your portfolio. I, I mean, I'm an ex-stockbroker. I have a high level of comfort with stocks. Do I own any now? Heck no, I don't own, own any now. But will that be true in the future? Probably not. I mean, that wasn't true in the past. So, you know, chances are pretty good. I'm going to want to own some stocks once all the garbage is burned off and I can see a sound balance sheet, a good management team, and good growth opportunities. So you're exactly right. It's it's the percentage of your holdings. Right now, I, I really am in, all in. I am. I don't own any stocks or bonds or annuities or any of that kind of junk. Uh, but I don't think that's always going to be the truth. I mean, I just think that's the way it is now because of where we are in this trend cycle. So yes, thank you for bringing that up. All right, so Ryan, this is a question that went back to our Q&A last week, which is what will get the money velocity moving to the point of hyperinflation? <clears throat> well, that's where those inflation expectations come in because if you think it's only going to go up 2% a year or you think that the central banks actually have control of it, then you're not going to push forward um, things that you would buy, right? And so therefore the money velocity is you know is not really showing signs of a spike yet but once that thought pattern gets fully entrenched and so then the expectations of inflation are higher that's when we will see the mon the monetary velocity starting to move up confidence starts to get lost in the currency which exactly. then has people want to spend it versus hold it Ex thank you exactly all right and after all uh Jay Powell took out the transitory. Well, maybe we shouldn't be using that term anymore. Yeah. Yeah, think? Uh, all right. Les Sauce asks, 
can Lynette explain why she prefers coins over gold mm -hmm. bars? It's more deep than that even though. It's not just coins over bars because you can buy bullion coins or bullion bars, but you right. prefer to buy pre-33s. I prefer to buy collectible coins and that really <laughs> goes all the way back to my Uncle Al because it goes that back was... further than that. It goes back to 1933 even. Well, it does, but I wasn't born then. <laughs> right, but so, the reasoning for it... Oh, absolutely, is because when they confiscated the bullion from the population, well, then they took it away and you couldn't legally hold it unless it was coins that had special value, rare and unusual and special value to collectors. Right. And, you know, I really... I, I don't think that it really registered when I was 10 years old, but in case you didn't hear the story, so many of you have, but my Uncle Al was a major antique dealer back east, and he was my favorite uncle, so I was really close with him. And he, one day, my parents and I were in his home, and he goes, come here, I want to show you something. And we go into this back bedroom, and he had two tall floor safes, which I didn't really know the capacity then, but you know, now he had at least 3,000 coins gold, one ounce gold coins. Well, that was 1965 when it was illegal to own more than five ounces of gold. And yet he had about 3,000 or maybe even more gold coins in there. And he was holding it legally. Additionally, um, you know, that was the kind of gold that you could use in the real marketplace to convert into other assets that you wanted to buy because this was the only legal way to hold the gold. Personally, I do think there will be an overt confiscation because price manipulation of gold over all these years is a covert manipulation. And it's all about perception management to get you to do what they want you to do, but they want you to volunteer it. So I definitely prefer the collectible coins, the older coins. And then in 61, Kennedy gave that similar um, that similar, um, boy, I'm having Status. a hard time today. Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm so glad he's here today because I don't know why. It was a very long week last week. I guess that I'm not over that yet, but gave a similar status to the foreign gold coins because he wanted to import a whole bunch of them. So I just think, since I do believe that there, that it's highly probable that there is an overt confiscation, I want to hold the kind of gold that is less likely to be confiscated because of eminent domain laws. And there's only, there's less than 2% of all of the gold in those pre-33, those collectible coins. So therefore, it's not as easy to confiscate as bullion or bars. But that's really why, because what if I'm right and what if I'm wrong? If I could put myself in a position where it really doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong, that's the position that I want to be in. And that's why I prefer the coins, pre-33s. Darren B., is it a good idea to wait for the silver ratio, the gold to silver ratio, to get better and trade the silver for gold? No. In my opinion, the answer to that is no. What, what is the best idea, in my opinion, is to have a plan and to really see what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And it's always got to be the right tool for the job. And there are all different kinds of both gold and silver coins 
that would do different things, whether it's barterable, which is what I use silver for, or it's, or it's for um, growth or legacy or asset protection if I have a chronic illness or, you know, so it really depends on the function of the coin. Just get your position built according to your strategy and what you're really trying to accomplish. Because the danger that I see you running into that uh, swapping piece is the availability. I mean, we don't have as many things available today as we did two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a great idea. But not that sure could still or not loosen up. It like could. The, that could loosen up, but I, but I think... Uh, it I think It could. I mean, we I don't mean, know for sure, right? right? I don't know for sure, right. but it could it could loosen up, return to normal supply levels. But it might not. But it might not, um, especially if things really heat up. We start to see inflation really go run rampant. Then you know, demand is going to continue to be very strong. But I think that what you said, what you said in the beginning of your of your response there, is the most important, which is figure out what you're trying to accomplish, and then get the appropriate tool for the job. Right. And then then you don't have to think about it. You can just Exactly. You, you've got your strategy in place, you're set, you can relax. You can invest in other things. You can buy cryptos and stocks and bonds and all the things that Lynette doesn't buy. If you want to, you can speculate on those things because you have your gold and silver insurance policy foundation. in place. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. Rather than you you won't really hear us talk about um doing gold and silver as a trade or right. like speculating it on it to make money. We think of it here as reset protection. It's an insurance policy again for your wealth. And yes, can you benefit from that as, as time goes on and, and gold and silver goes up and other assets come down and then you can swap into those right. other assets. But as far as like waiting for the gold to silver ratio to do anything, I mean, there's a lot of people who think that, you know, the gold to silver ratio is going to return to that 16 to 1. But I mean, the last time it was there was what, 1916 or something like that? It was a year, 100 years ago. No, I think ago. like 18, 1981, it got pretty close to it. Oh, it got I think. close? Yeah, it got close. I'll have to look. I think so. I mean, I'm kind of looking at the chart in my head, so I could be completely off. 1981, gold was 850. That would have meant that silver would have been. I, I need to, you know what, Edgar, let's put up a... We'll, I have a whole we'll, thing. I already have a whole thing, I think, that I created, that you and I created about the gold to silver ratio because we were trying to look at it and see when was the last time it was even close. And I think the, the lowest it got, now it was I know a couple it years, did. but I think it got down to like 30. I, 30 you know, I, I don't know because I just did that piece not that long ago. And so I think it was, but but there are enough gold, silver ratio charts out there that it's it's not really that big a deal to pull it up yeah so well in fact you I, could I probably just, do a google search on historical gold to silver ratio and see and get some charts as to what it really looked like but. right i mean it could go back there but 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 does it does it, i i look at it more for functionality and you know and like you said i don't look at it as a trade for me it's not a trade right okay yeah, and plus, I mean, how long has it been since it was sixteen to one? We'd have to go look, but I mean, We'd have to even go if look. it was nineteen eighty one, I don't think to it one, was. Or but that's when, still whatever forty it was years like, ago. Yeah, well. And the last time I, I last time I think it was actually sixteen to one was when gold and gold was pegged at twenty dollars an ounce, 
and it backed the dollar. Because since it, it since it's not been tied to the dollar, I don't think it's ever been sixteen to one. I don't know, but I I mean I'm trying to see the chart in my head. I don't know. We can pull it up. I you know we struggle with that's that. That's how because irrelevant the really gold to silver ratio at, is to, to you. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's that shows you how much I really care about the gold silver ratio. We're going to get a ton of comments though. They're going to be like, "Oh, the gold to silver ratio. It's going to go there. It's going to go there." People are adamant and, that and it's going to happen. It will, but what? So what? Is gold and silver a trade? No, it's not a trade. Yeah. You know, and silver. You know, the the I like silver. I have both. I own both, but I own them for different reasons. And if you're going to trade, like if you're really going to trade silver, you should let the price run up. And don't if you're gonna trade it, and it's strictly to try to make a profit on the trading, like then, 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 the last, then in the last value. year, in the last year, you would have wanted to buy it, then sell it when it got up to like thirty five dollars on spot, thirty six dollars on spot, and then sell it now when it's down at twenty or you know sell it at thirty five, then buy it again at twenty three and let it run up and just trade the silver ETF if that's what you're. I was if just that's gonna what say if that's is. what your plan is. That but that's not why. That's not what not a we're good idea. talking about, right? right. It's no. silver, gold, and silver insurance policy. You get the physical, you hold it, you have it set up for your plan, and then you you live in a peaceful state of mind because you know you have it all set up, right? Okay. Um, Twenty one minutes. Yep. So we'll just we'll do another question okay. here. Let's see. Uh, how do we, Digital Lou asks, how do we know when gold and silver is overvalued? Well, again, it goes back to the fundamental value and understanding what that is. And, and essentially, gold's fundamental value is based, upon, uh, based upon the amount of money that has been printed. So once we, everything gets reset, but that's how you know. You always look at the fundamental value. And I don't care if it's gold or it's real estate or it's stocks or it's bonds. You really do need to understand what the true value is because at some point that's where it's going, period. Yeah, and you've used charts too for um, like the three phases of a bull market. Correct, and we have it, lots of those. If you pull up the three phases of a bull market on Google and look at a chart, you'll see how and any asset will perform during those three phases and yeah. the overvalued phase is after that that giant hockey stick upward pattern. and the euphoria everybody wants gold yep. everybody wants it right just what are we seeing with stocks what are we seeing with real estate right everybody wants it it's the best thing since sliced bread it yeah. never goes down like, i think it was rivian stock it's like the third most <laughs> valuable car company on the planet ahead of like Toyota and Volkswagen and, Ford. and, it, and they've delivered like a hundred cars. Right. That, that, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. It's crazy because no one wants to miss out. There's this right. euphoria the like we have to get it. Got to get it. It's the next big thing. Yeah. There, there are a lot. I'm going to update it because there are a lot of signs that I'm seeing that remind me of just before the crash. So it's probably time for me to update that. All right. Edgar, what you got? What you got for us? Anything else? No. So if you like this, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure that you share these videos because today it's more important than it's ever been before for people to open their eyes and understand what's really happening. Plus, you won't look crazy to your family. We will. There you go. <laughs> hey, we're happy to look crazy to your family. That's great, Eric. Watch these That's guys. That's our gift to you this holiday <laughs> season. 
<laughs> so, yeah. And remember, you can listen to us anywhere, anytime on the podcast on all of the major platforms. And, and lastly, again, you know, it really should always start with your goals. And so if you haven't had a conversation with one of our consultants, you really you do yourself a favor. I think you're going to find that everybody here that you t- talk to is very, 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 very bright. But it always starts with your goals. And we are super keen on education. So, you know, aside from watching the YouTubes, which I hope you continue to do, but you're, you're going to find that we're all of us here are about education so that you can make those choices that actually put your best interest first. What a concept. And, you know, until next time, which is tomorrow, I will be back tomorrow. And yes, I will be doing part two of the 25 ounces of gold. Nice. Because I, yes, because I kind of said, well, you, uh, uh, and he's like, really? Really? Yes, yes. Whatever it takes. If I have to stay up all night, I'll do it. Everybody wants it. do it. Give it to them. Give them what they want. (laughs) I try and give them what they want all the time, and I will continue to do that. So until then, you know it is 100 bazillion percent time to cover your assets. And here at ITM, we use the Wealth Shield. And the foundation of the Wealth Shield is physical gold and physical silver, because as we all know, good financial shields, any kind of shield, is made out of metal, not paper or promises. And so until tomorrow, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.